Fisher dreamed of and built VeggieTales. By 1999, it was a $44 million company, telling Bible stories to kids through Larry the Cucumber, Bob the Tomato, Junior Asparagus, and the French Peas. But by the early 2000s, the unthinkable happened. Phil watched those money-making, ministry-minded veggies leave his hands and find a new home through financial troubles and a lost lawsuit. Phil has written a book about the story of Veggie Tales, which you can find at our website, bringtomind.org. But today I sat with Phil to hear the story and to get to know some of the new in his life, his new character creations, his popular new podcast with Sky Jathani, his new purpose. So, Phil, describe for us where we are right now. We are in a warehouse uh, in the suburbs of Chicago. It is where we film puppets for What's in the Bible and Jelly Telly and anything else that I'm playing around with. And so behind you are posters that say this way to <laughs> Twistimer's <laughs> Cheese Curl Factory those Tour. Are, those are posters. Uh, my friend Paul designed those for the Jonah launch party, the <laughs> premiere of, of Jonah the VeggieTales mm-hmm. movie in 2002. And th- those were for the uh, party after the premiere. And they're so big that I've never had a, a office that I could put them up in where they w- just wouldn't look ridiculous. Cute. But they work in the warehouse. Do you like cheese curls? It was in the, it was, it was a plot line in the movie. Okay. Don't okay. you remember? It was King Twistimer. He was the king of Nineveh, and that was the, the, the site of the cheese curl oh, factory. Oh, there he is. I see. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. the, and uh, the pirates who don't do anything were, were huge fans of King Twistimer's, of Twisty's cheese curls, and they won... Uh, the sweepstakes to go see the factory. You know, now that you mention all that, I think I read that in Jonah just recently. You're refreshing my memory. Well, it's the the message version. (laughs) It's not in the NIV. Hey, how how good of you to bring up the past so that I didn't have to, (laughs) Phil. You were the one, I think you just said 2002, so I'll jump on that. Let's go there. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Last time I talked to you years ago, you were kind of out of one turn on the roller coaster and we're wondering I don't know if you're wondering where the next one was I think you were looking for a straight just a straight plane. Yeah it's always nice to have a straightaway where you can see more than five feet ahead but that isn't always God's plan you know and and the life of faith is not about seeing the future which you kind of have to get used to. Yeah, and I know you were surprised by the future a few years ago. You're yeah. you're a funny guy. You're you are so known for veggie tales. I am. And you are so known for tanking veggie tales. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank I you knew very, I could say that. Thank you very Yeah, and, and it's funny because I'll still get at least one to two emails a week from someone asking for some rights to VeggieTales, like performance rights. You know, <laughs> can we sing this song in our church? Or can we have the distribution rights for Latvia? You know, and it's like, <laughs> hey, it's been a decade. <laughs> Thanks for paying attention. Yesterday morning at uh, ICRS, International Christian yeah. Retail Show, uh, Bob and Larry opened the show floor no. by cutting with with Mike Naraki their twenty year birthday cake. <laughs> so it's Bob and Larry's twentieth birthday, and so I'm lo- online looking at pictures of them celebrating their twentieth birthday. Oh. 
without me. Yeah. And, and what, I, what was that like? I didn't even get an invitation to the party. It's, it's well, my wife noticed first, mm-hmm. and she was a bit miffed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was, and it's not that, okay, you know, maybe it doesn't work out that it, or it's too awkward to, for them to, but to not even like mention it, you know, it's, it's just like, it's a little weird. So you're still kind of having a bumpy ride. No, I don't think so. I don't feel bumpy. Well, you're miffed you didn't get invited well, to the there, ribbon there, cutting. There, that's, <laughs> yeah, there are those things where, where for, it's, uh, VeggieTales is now owned by DreamWorks. So Jeffrey Katzenberg is the new, you know, veggie daddy. He I, forgot to invite I you. Guess. Yeah, I don't think he was involved. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's it, the, the, the issue for every new owner, and this is the third or fourth new owner, um, is okay. How much money can we make off you know these Christians? Mm-hmm. You know, and what do we? What yeah. kind of stuff should we make to make the most money off the, of these Christians? Because none of the owners have been Christian, you know, since the bankruptcy. And you know, and sometimes they want me to to come in and be a part, you know. And other times they just like, no, 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 no. We we don't. <laughs> you we, stay away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but but I'm still doing all the voices. See, and that's why it's so weird because it's not just like you're gone and dead. It's like, oh, hey, we need you to come down because we got to do, you know, we need two days of your time. Oh, like, my goodness. But then the next day, it might be a big thing to honor Bob and Larry, you know, and, and, and it's like you're, you're dead again. So you're kind to them and you're kind to not. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, I'm like a zombie. I pop back to life when they need me and then I die again. And, and it's a little weird. If I, if I wasn't doing other things, it would probably be driving me crazy. But, you know. Yeah. And, and I, you know, it became clear... Um, cause initially I didn't want to help them at all. Cause I was just, you know, I mean, you wipe out like that, mm. you wipe out brutally and then other people come in and, and take all your stuff <laughs> and then they say, Hey, at the, at the estate sale. Yeah. Huh? Hey, you want to help us? <laughs> I was like, no, I don't think I do. I think I want to be bitter for a while. Thank you very much. But then God made it really clear to me one day that he wanted me to help them. You know, he actually used, I was going through Jeremiah. And he used the letter that Jeremiah writes to the exiles, you know, where where uh, the Babylonians have carried away all of their precious things. You know, everything has been carried away into this strange new place. And, and Jeremiah is telling the Israelites, well, here's here's the attitude I want you to take, you know. And I'm reading this, and it's just resonating. It's like, you know, what's the attitude? You know, stick it to the man. You know, don't, <laughs> don't resist. Don't cooperate. Don't help. And he says, no. He, he, he tells them to settle down, marry you know, off your daughters, multiply, plant gardens, tend them. And then he ends by saying, and pray for the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Mm -hmm. For if they prosper, you will prosper also. And it was just this really clear moment of, I want you to help them. Mm -hmm. You know, I want you just, just help them. Don't, don't invest in it emotionally. You know, because if you get so emotionally invested in like, this is my ministry and this is how I'm supposed to be helping kids, then that'll just drive you insane. Because it's not. It was never my ministry. It was always God's ministry. It was always his to do whatever he wanted to do with it. Um, But what he was telling me was, if this continues to prosper, I will use that to help you prosper. You know, and so they came to me and said, hey, we, we want you to do voices. And I was like, okay, I can, you know, but could I have like for every dollar you make off of VeggieTales or, or the stuff that I wrote, can I have like two pennies? You know, and they said, eh, okay, that's reasonable. 
and I had no idea, but that paid for all my puppets. You know, the, the like the two pennies. <laughs> it wasn't literally two pennies. Uh, uh, it was about two pennies for every dollar. Yeah, it was like yeah. <laughs> wow. But but they make a lot of dollars off yeah, Veggie Tales. Yeah. You know, ten years later, and I'm still getting my two pennies. And it's you know it paid for all my puppets. It launched uh, mm-hmm. Jelly Telly. You know, so I've I've been so good able... advice from God because that worked yes. in your own future. Yeah, because God basically God was saying if you if you can take your hurt feelings, take your ego, you know, take your stub toes and lay them down at the cross and let them go, I will use this to fund what you want to do next. You know, I will use the, the broken shards of your life as fertilizer to grow next year's crop. You know, and it was just such an astonishing thing to look back. Even within, within you know, two years, it was clear my ego took me just inches from missing out on God's provision. You know, missing out on God's plan for what I was going to do next. Is ego uh, a wire to, to trip over in this business? <laughs> Uh, any any of us who are in front I'm, of a mic or camera, <laughs> I'm not sure what business it isn't a wire there to trip over. But but yeah, in in media, you know, I mean, you you are your brand. You know, it's like I'm Phil Vischer. That's my brand. You are Veggie Tales, and I need, you know have to build an audience, and I have to build my brand. And you have managers and consultants that say, you know, you need to launch your website, and you need to tweet, and you need to do all this. So you become very uh, almost by definition, you become very you focused. You know, I'm focused on building my brand. And so if somebody like steps on your brand, you know, you almost start to think of like Phil Vischer isn't me. It's my business. It's my ministry. That's what I just said. Phil Vischer is VeggieTales. I mean, you are that person to a lot of people. It becomes easy to kind of try to justify indignation if someone, you know, is is impacting your brand negatively to say, well, you're messing up with God's plan for, for my ministry. You know, now I'm really indignant, and that's ego, you know. Did God mess up your plans for the ministry of VeggieTales? How did you work? I, you, you, I, you've talked I, a little bit about that. Yeah, I messed up my plans. I messed up my plans, and God did not step in to stop me. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> and and that's, that's what I wrestled with. It was like, okay, but it was such a cool thing that I was building. Didn't you see what a cool fort I was making and how much good it could have done? And yeah, I, okay, I accidentally set it on fire, you know? That but wasn't... you've got a big fire hose, God. <laughs> yeah, you could have just gone, snapped your fingers and the whole thing could have been set right, you know? And that's what I wrestled with. And that was, you know, right at the time, because uh, it was right about the time where we were in uh, in court, you know, in federal court with with the owners of Barney the dinosaur, who were suing us for contract for breach of contract uh, for supposedly breaking a verbal commitment. We they said we had made, um, and it was right at that moment. I remember because I just uh, Biola University called and invited me to do their spring commencement address. Yeah, and I and I was like, I, I can't. I got nothing. <laughs> you don't I, want me. <laughs> I, I am not the. It's not. I'm not in pep rally mode right now. I'm in, you know, why, God, why are you letting my ministry fall apart? 
and, and not, you know, I, I felt like I was falling down a flight of stairs and God was just standing watching me go and not lifting a finger to help me. Um, and then and Biola came back and said, well, we have a winter commencement. Would you do that one? It's in five <laughs> months. And I said, okay, God, here's the deal. I'm going to say yes to this. I'm going to, I am going to give a commencement address in five months. You've got five months, You God. have five <laughs> months to give me something to say, because right now I got nothing. And it was in that five months that he completely just unpacked my life, you know, through, mm-hmm. through other people, through, uh, I was going through a Bible study, you know, by Henry Blackaby that was just like, it was written for me mm-hmm. at that time. You know, my mom handed me a, a cassette tape of a sermon that was like, it was, it was, God was just saying, Phil, Phil, I love you. Listen, <laughs> you know, don't, don't make all your conclusions based on what just happened to Big Idea Productions. You know, don't draw your conclusions based on that. Draw your conclusions based on what I'm revealing to you, you know, through, through my word, through all these sources. And what he revealed to me was just how miserable I had become you know, carrying this load Hmm. that he never called me to carry, you know, trying to be the Christian Walt Disney, trying to save the world's children Mm. from the Mm. evils of Hollywood, you know, Mm -hmm. like single-handedly, I have to save Mm -hmm. the world. And it was making me miserable. And I remember sitting in bed with my wife, and I'm reading the fruit of the Spirit. Think peace, joy, love. I don't have any of these things, you know, and then trying to justify it by saying things like, well, maybe these things are for the people who follow me, but not for me, because right. I'm a leader, mm-hmm. you know, so Christian leaders, we don't get that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's for the... But we're, then, we're supposed to burn out. Yeah, we're supposed to, we have to sacrifice ourselves. We have to die on the fire so that others can have comfy lives. And then it occurs to you, if I'm miserable... Why would anyone follow me? You know, why would anyone want what I, I've got if it's making me miserable? And God just completely unpacked this and said, you're miserable because you're trying to do everything in your own power, your own timing, your own wisdom. You know, you're hanging on to your dreams, not your creator. Well, and the fact is they will follow you if you're miserable because they like what you produce and they don't always know that you are miserable. And even if you're doing your B game instead of your A game, they still think it's a B plus game. So you can get away with this. You can get away with it, but you really haven't. You aren't preaching truth until the people who actually know you are willing to follow you. You know, it's easy to fool people from a thousand miles away, mm-hmm. you know, to put it on. And, and, my, you know, and my, my family, going back three or four generations, was kind of Christian ministry up in front. I, on the radio, my great-grandfather was one of the first radio preachers. You know, in Who the, was that? R.R. Brown, Dr. R.R. Brown on W.O.W. in Omaha, Nebraska. I went on the air in 1923 and preached mm, every wow. Sunday until 1963, at which point it was the oldest, longest-running radio show in America. Hmm. So my mom was playing the piano live on the radio when she was five years old, accompanying her little brother, who was singing his first solo at age three. Mm-hmm. Um, it was billed as the world's largest congregation in the 1930s, because hmm. there was like 100,000 weekly listeners to his radio show in the 30s. So I grew up in this, you know, you're up in front, and you, you cast a vision on the airwaves, or, you know, through preaching, he, he started the largest church in our denomination. So there was all this sense of, you know, you can have an outsized ministry with an outsized personality that's amplified, you know, as opposed to, yeah, but what do the people, what, what about the waitress that's serving you your pie? 
What does she think of you? <laughs> you know, what about the guy who's bagging your groceries at the grocery store? What well, does he and, think? And, of and you? do we reduce it even to ourselves sometimes and just say, "How about me?" You know, how about me and God? Am I okay with myself? Am I well yeah. rested? Am I communing with right, Him? Right. Well, it's it's the lie of uh, of impact. You know that if we've it's kind of like in basketball. Did you leave it all on the floor? Mm-hmm. You know, did you leave it all? Everything? Did you? And that makes you miserable. The notion that I, I could have done more. You know, I could have reached more. I could have served more. I could have. It's like, wait a minute. The question is not, could you have reached more? The question is, were you obedient to God? Mm-hmm. You know, did you did you touch the people that he put in your path? Did you respond to his call on a daily basis? And, and one of my big realizations was that God hasn't called us to impact. He's called us to obedience. You know, it's not about the numbers. It's, a, it's about the, the posture, mm-hmm. you know. And it may be that he's calling you today to touch one life one life, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's his plan for you today. Well, like Seth Godin says, you know, reach 10 people. And, and if they like what you're doing, maybe they'll tell 10 people. And yeah. just this idea of being smaller uh, versus, you know, what you're describing today, which is, you know, I have to win the world. Yeah. You know, and the world is Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem (laughs) and the other ends of the world, and it's me and the world. I had to tell myself finally that only one person has ever walked the face of the earth (laughs) who could actually save the world, Mm -hmm. and his name wasn't Phil. (laughs) You know, and when when I could let go of that and say, I can't save the world, you know, only Jesus can save the world, and all I can do is make him visible through me to the people I touch on a daily basis. Well, so let's talk about this warehouse then. Yeah. So this is like what it? two cents of every dollar buys. <laughs> <laughs> and um, who's who's over there behind plastic? Uh, a whole mess of puppets. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I started doing puppets again. I actually started doing puppets when I was like five or six because uh, I had two heroes growing up. One was Walt Disney and the other was Jim Henson. Uh-huh. So when I did Veggie Tales, it was like when I started with Bob and Larry, it was like five years before Toy Story. So kids had never seen computer animation before, and it was very easy to impress them with it. Uh, today, you know, there's 15 to 20, $100 million animated movies every year. It is impossible to impress kids anymore. Virtually with anything. But I also noticed that the same kids that were going to see $150 million Pixar movies were then going home and watching cat videos on YouTube and finding them equally entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, so the world is clearly going in two directions. It's, it's ultra high end. You know, it's, it's Michael Bay movies. It's, you know, it's, it's uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And it's ultra low end. It's guys doing funny stuff online. Uh, what's dying is everything in the middle. You know, so you don't want to be in the middle. You don't want to make $30 million movies. They're almost impossible to make money. You don't want to make, you're either making you know, reality TV or you're making Downton Abbey, you know, really high Ooh, end. there's an idea for your puppets, reality TV. Reality TV. With yeah, puppets. I'm not a fan. <laughs> not, a, not a fan of reality. So I, so I decided to go back to puppetry because you, I can pick up a puppet. And for one thing, I can actually talk to a kid 
which I could never do with Bob and Larry. Like put a kid on camera and have a conversation oh, with okay. him, with a puppet. Uh-huh. Also, though, we did a show with Buck Denver. Buck Denver's my news guy. He's the Ted Baxter if you're an older generation. He's Stephen Colbert if you're a younger generation, somewhere in the middle. Put the two together. Ted Baxter and Stephen Colbert's love child is, is Buck Denver. So Buck Denver hosted a show for a whole year where every week kids sent in theological questions, and then three days later he answered them online. Okay, well, well, here's what I'm wondering. I yeah. see him watching us from over there. Yeah, he's do, asleep, do he's asleep that, but he doesn't have eyelids, so you don't you know. You could take off your headphones and go over there and invite him to come to the <laughs> mic with us, and maybe we could just ask him how he likes it in the you, you studio. Wanna, you want to talk to Buck Denver? Yeah. Okay, We'd, let me see what I can do. Do you know what's in the Bible? Is it true? Is it reliable? Absolutely verifiable. Let's all take a look. With Buck Denver! Hey there, this is Buck Denver. What can I do for you? He just turned into Yogi Bear. Not sure how that happened, but it's a fine line between a newsman and an angry bear that loves picnic baskets. Buck, how long have you been in in the news business? Uh, Way longer than you have. (laughs) At least my whole life. Oh, you flatter me. I I started in in, uh, elementary school. I started. I went to the school of broadcasting, the uh, the Carol Stream School of Broadcasting. I'm not sure if it's a it's a magnet school. <laughs> How, what what was your interest in current events and news? I mean, you must have been a smart little they guy. They fascinate me because I don't understand any of them. So I mostly just read the teleprompter, <laughs> and I let other people interpret. Well, who told you you'd be good at this? Uh, I did. I did. I said, when I was about six years old, I said, Buck Denver. I always refer to myself by my full name. I said, Buck Denver, you are going to excel at looking good. I don't know if you'll be good, but you will look good. And apparently in America, that's all that matters. And and so it's worked for you. It has worked wonderfully. I look good. I like to do my show. I like to talk to the children of the world, but I'm not trying to save them because I learned that from Phil. That's not my job, and I don't want to go crazy like he did, but I'm having a good time. Well, sometimes I understand they ask you hard questions, and if you you know, didn't have any formal training... That's I'm wondering... what study Bibles are for. I pull out the old study Bible, and we come up with an answer. So you don't mind uh, kids asking you questions, just whatever it is? Anything. They yeah. can ask any question because that's what uh, that's what we need. You know, we got the internet. We can Google it. We can Wikipedia it, and we can come up with an answer. Well, they say that kids today are are have lots of questions. Like they have, do. Yeah, they're they're, they they're just... highly questionable. <laughs> and questioners, and and they have lots of questions about God. They 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 do indeed, and most of their parents have a hard time answering them because no one told them about that stuff. So we're teaching everybody together on what's in the Bible. Do you know what's in the Bible? It's a DVD series. Are you familiar with it? <laughs> yes. You can I go have... to what's in the Bible.com. See, I can be self-promotional. <laughs> I learned that from Stephen Colbert. Oh, I thought maybe you learned that from Phil as well. No, no, he's not self-promotional <laughs> at all. He's a, a magnanimous, uh, generous employer, and I have nothing but good things to say. So you, you like working with ab- Phil? About him. Yeah, sometimes he gets a little too close. He can be a little, 
you know, touchy with the puppets. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for talking with us a oh, little you're, bit. You're very welcome. Today, we have, a, we have appreciated you. You are marvelous to watch. And Thank you very much. I, I learned a lot from, uh, you know, Ron Burgundy? Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> he's one of my role models, as well as uh, Ted Baxter and, uh, and Stephen Colbert. So Ron, Steve, Ted, yeah. and the Bible. Yeah, in the Bible. And you put a little Bible in there, and you've got something that will either get you arrested or make you a big star. <laughs> hey, before before you go back over to your office over there, how, yeah. how do you know when you've had a, a good day at the office, you've succeeded? I've had a good day at the office when I can make it back to my shelf without messing up my hair. If I can go through <laughs> the whole day and I don't need to get out the hairspray... It's just, I look good. Does that happen more days than not? Usually, yeah. Yeah, usually. Yeah, because I, I try not to interact with other people. All right. Because so, the thing about people is they can mess up your hair. <laughs> is that what they mess yeah, up? Yeah, <laughs> so just focus on the camera. Look at the camera. Avoid eye contact. Especially don't talk to the interns. Do not talk to the interns. Nothing good will come of that. And get back to your shelf. Well, we'll let you get back to your shelf. Thanks. All right. So Phil, I appreciate will, that. Phil will help you walk back over there to your shelf. Wow, what a guy. He really runs deep, Phil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's, well, he's in the news business. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this, these aren't the days of Walter Cronkite, you know. We're, we've moved way past that. But the Bible's pretty important stuff. The Bible is important, yeah, and he and he knows how to read the teleprompter and say what he's supposed to say. You know, and we have Sunday school. I don't know if you met Sunday school lady. Yeah. But she's the one who goes deep because she's a seventy-two-year-old Southern Baptist Sunday school teacher. You know, and she's actually kind of based on my grandmother. And she knows her stuff. Yeah. Hello, this is Sunday school lady, and I've got a magic flannel graph, and I know how to use it. You know, there's no better way to teach the Bible or any deep theological concept than with felt. <laughs> because that's how Jesus presented most of his theological points. He had a flannel graph, isn't first that, century flannel graph. Isn't that kind of an old medium, Sunday school lady? I'm an old medium. <laughs> you know, so when you're an old medium, you use an old medium. But it's, I've, I've said before that it's, Kids love it because it's not cold and hard like modern technology. A flannel graph is warm and fuzzy like the hair on your mother's arm. (laughs) And kids respond to it. People don't believe it because it doesn't plug in or have a rechargeable battery. They think kids can't like anything without a rechargeable battery. But when the zombie apocalypse comes and there's no more electricity, forget about teaching the Bible with your iPad. I'm going to pull out my flannel graph and lead the children to the promised land while you're whacking zombies with a dead iPad. Well, we will know where to come to this warehouse where? to find you. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. yes that's what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you're very contemporary Sunday school lady because you're, yes. you're using flannel and yet That's Phil's got you here in a big fancy studio. It's, it's just a warehouse. It's <laughs> not really a studio. It's just got blankets hanging from the walls. It's like it's like romper room. There's nothing really going on here. It's, what, it's, what do kids say they, they like most when you pull out your flannel graph? Uh, they say they most like it when I put it away. No, no, that's not true at all. They Well, it's comforting because I have a pointer, you know. I use my pointer to point at which disciple I'm discussing on the flannel graph. They're most relieved when they discover that the pointer is for pointing and not for whacking. Because, <laughs> you know, some kids are afraid they're going to get whacked. Well, what do kids 
that sit in front of you need to know most about the Bible and or God and or God? What what do you what are you sensing today? Where are you going with this, lady? I'm going deep here with well, you, you're Sunday going school all lady. George Barna on me or something. <laughs> We're doing a survey. Well, you wouldn't come in here to the to the studio and do what you do all the time if there wasn't a good reason to do it. No, you see, what do what, they need? What they need the Bible. Gosh darn it. Why do you think we call it what's in the Bible? It's not just, you know, what's the most important thing in the Bible. That's the only thing we're going to tell you. It's like the whole Bible. We're literally going all the way through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and all the parts in the middle. And we're not skipping the tricky parts like Song of Solomon. We're going right through them like crazy people. Like we just, like we're driving to sleep. Like we don't know that you're not supposed to mention Song of Solomon to kids, but we go right through it anyway because they ought to know. So you're not just telling Joe. Jonah and Daniel. No, and... that's what kids' Bibles are for. Okay. They're highly abbreviated. We're mentioning every single book of the Bible and telling kids what they need to know about it so that they don't get confused when they get to high school and find out that the story of Noah's Ark was not just a nice nursery decoration. There was a whole bunch of people dead, bobbing in the sea. Like Titanic, like Leo DiCaprio going down. Oh, there he goes. Look at him go. Oh, the humanity. What do high schoolers need to think about Noah in high school to help them today? What do high schoolers need to think about Noah? Well, you know what I like about Noah that we miss quite often? Because high schoolers, they all want to build an ark and save the world. You know, either that or they just want to sit on the couch and watch TV. But the ones that actually get motivated, they either want to do nothing or you want to do everything. And you want to do it right now. I want to do everything right now. That's not how, you know how old Noah was when he got to do something really big? No, I don't remember. He was 500 years old. That's even older than me. By a couple of years. (laughs) So the question I think that kids need to ask is not like, you know, when do I get to do my big thing? But what did Noah do for the first 500 years of his life? Mm. Do you know what he did? No. It says it right in Genesis. It says Noah was a righteous Ah. man. He walked with God. Ah. That's what it says. Noah walked with God for 500 years. That's a good thing for high school kids to know. Yes, so walk with God for 500 years, and then he'll give you something big and important to do. Sunday school lady, I am so glad you came over to the mic. Well, I'm much wiser than that that news guy, you yeah, know. I didn't want to say, but... Do you know how he got the job? <laughs> oh, now be careful. Do you know how he got the job? How? His hair. He's got good hair. <laughs> he did reference got, his hair. Yeah, he's got good hair. He yeah. won't stop talking about it. Yeah. We're like trying to have Bible study, and I'm saying, let's go through Leviticus. Let's dig in. And he just says, how's my hair? Well, you know, Sunday school lady, we don't want to be over here gossiping. So we're going to let oh, you... Oh, he can hear me. <laughs> it's not gossip oh, if so he can Oh, so you guys have me. that kind of relationship. We have that kind of relationship. Yes, we're a little punchy. <laughs> well, thank you for teaching well, us welcome, today. Well, you're welcome, my dear. Thanks for having me on the show. It's an honor to meet you. Yet, well, You're a beautiful an, old lady. It's an honor to be met <laughs> and to still be breathing. <laughs> oh, Phil, thank you for bringing them. You're welcome. Well, they like to get out. Ritual and ethical. God gave these laws to Israel to show them how to live and who to be. You know that's right. The ritual has gone away, but ethical remains today and still applies to you and you and me. 
I can see here at Jellyfish Labs, you are uh, really preaching, all about preaching the, this relevant faith to, to kids, which you were about before in Veggie Tales, but a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, after... How different? After 10 years of veggies, I was looking back on it, and I actually it occurred to me, have I been trying to convince kids to behave Christianly? without actually teaching them Christianity? Because there's a difference, and it's, it's very easy to say, hey, here's a little story that shows you why you should be thankful, or why you should be kind, or why you should be forgiving. But to say, all right, now try to tell a story that explains sanctification, that explains redemption, you know, that explains the problem of sin. And that's like, wow, that's hard. <laughs> that's, that's way harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I discovered that VeggieTales, just the format, it was a great way to retell a Bible story or teach a Christian mm-hmm. uh, uh, value, but it wasn't a good format for actually telling the whole arc of Scripture. You understand? Why, who's Jesus? Yeah. Why did we need him? And you really focused on the Daniel story and the Jonah story. You focus and those on, on the core b- b- stories. When you're, when you're telling narrative, because it was narrative, we were trying to make mini movies. You can only tell the stories that really play, you know, cinematically. You know, that have some kind of a climax that, that can be broken mm-hmm. up into a three-act structure, which is the basic structure for movies. And so you need, you know, you need narrative, you need some action, you need, you know, things, major plot changes, and then you need a climax. And the epistles don't have any of those things. <laughs> so, and we couldn't really do the Gospels because we had the rule from day one that we would never portray Jesus as a vegetable. So that wiped out the Gospels. So we couldn't really go deeply into the faith without the Gospels or the Epistles. And that's why when, when, I went, when God gave me this blank piece of paper, you know, and the two pennies, so that mm. I didn't have to go back to Wendy's, you know, just to pay the <laughs> bills. It's like, okay, I got the two pennies coming in, so I can actually start again. I got a blank piece of paper. This is awesome. What's the need? You know, what's the, what need is God laying on my heart this time around? Mm-hmm. And, and for VeggieTales, it was really just to tell kids, God made you special and loves you very much. Okay, but 10 years later, okay, did it. Got it. God made us special. He loves us. Anything else we need to know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Now, problem of sin. Let's start with Genesis and go from there. Once we've established that God made us and that he loves us, now let's tell the entire story. And so what's in the Bible is really, I've, I've related it to like some of the, the educational specials that Walt Disney produced in the 1950s, like How Will Man Reach the Moon and Your Friend mm. the Atom, my very favorite one. And these were on primetime TV, Sunday nights in the 50s, and they got huge ratings, number one show in, in America at the time. So all of America, families were sitting down together and learning about space travel or learning about atomic energy. You know, and I thought, well, what if Walt Disney had made those shows to teach historical Christianity. What would those look like? And that's what's in the Bible. Okay, here's my question, though. Disney World, Disneyland, all the princesses have endured (laughs) the test of the decades and time. That program you described once a week seen on television, we don't... Well, we have the Discovery Channel and all that kind of stuff. No, yeah, yeah. But are you... I, I kind of see this message that you're doing now being... You're right on. I'm like giving you the the thumbs up on that but is it as popular are you no yeah. no yeah yeah 
but then also I'm thinking, do you ever lay in bed and think, um, you know, if I hadn't gone through all that other stuff, maybe I wouldn't be here drawing yes. out this message. Yes. Yeah. If I hadn't gone through all that other stuff, I would not be doing what I was doing now. Or or I would also be very discouraged, you know, because I'm, I'm not getting the numbers I got with VeggieTales. And it's easy to look at that and say, oh, I guess this isn't God's will, you know, because he blessed that. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. But I've learned it has nothing to do with numbers. You know, it has everything to do with obedience. Mm. And if God is calling me, and it's also about changed lives, you know, and we've had, I mean, we've had kids watch our, our DVD about the Gospels, you know, eight-year-old kids, and then come back into their, their moms with tears in their eyes mm. saying, wow, I can't believe what Jesus did for me. You know, and that's something I was never able to do with vegetables, just I couldn't mm-hmm. go that deep. Mm-hmm. I couldn't go there. You need humans. And also, I'm in the show, you know, so when we t- deal with really tough stuff, and we're doing stuff that's so fun because parents come back and say, we are learning along with our kids, you know, so we'll go through the book of Leviticus and then say, ask those questions that no Sunday school teacher ever wants to hear. Like, what's with all these weird rules, and why don't we have to follow the weird ones anymore? You know, why mm-hmm. do you say I have to follow these rules, but I don't have to follow these rules? Yeah. So I'm still supposed to not kill anyone. I'm still supposed to honor my parents, but I can now eat bacon. Mm-hmm. I can now, I can wear clothes made out of more than one kind of fabric. I can mm-hmm. plant a field with more than one kind of crop. Why have we just thrown away half of these rules, but yet we say we're supposed to follow these other ones? And that's where I come in and say, all right, let's really go into this deeply. Are you finding an older audience like you did with Veggie Tales? Because oh, yeah. those are the questions that... The 20-somethings, college kids, high school kids are asking. Yeah, we've been told that some churches are starting to use what's in the Bible for adult small groups. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because they answer those basic questions that Mm. everyone has wondered about but no one ever heard about in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. You know, we say, oh, that's, we, we don't want, to, we don't want right. kids to even think about this stuff yet. So we don't answer them. They go off to high school, and the first time they find out that a Catholic Bible has more books in it than a Protestant Bible right. is when they're in high school or college sitting next to a Catholic friend, and the response is, why didn't anyone ever tell me about mm-hmm. this? I have, I'm destabilized. You know, my, my knees are knocked out from under me because no one ever raised these questions before I went out in the world on my own mm-hmm. because they were afraid to raise them to kids. And that's what we're not. Unafraid. We are un we are stupid or brave. I'm not <laughs> sure which, but so far it's working. Let's talk about another medium you've gotten into, which is the Phil Vischer podcast. Yeah. What are you doing with that? Uh, we're having conversations. I have a good friend named Sky Jatani, who's the editor of Leadership Journal at, uh, at Christianity Today and was one of the pastors on staff at my church. Um, and we, we just started having conversations that we didn't hear anyone else having you know, in the church. It was about pop culture. Okay. And I thought, what if there was more of a, you know, a John Stewart-y, Stephen Colbert-y take on the Christian world? You know, So funny, <laughs> at times uh, caustic, yeah, a bit tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Yes, yes, but also meaningful, you know? Yeah. So we've got Pat Robertson over here, and we've got, you know, Stephen Colbert over here. Oh, who's who here? And it's like, well, <laughs> what's in the middle? What if, what, what if you put them together and you actually had, you know, a, a Christian John Stewart or, or a, you know, an evangelical Christian Stephen Colbert. He's a strong Catholic. We all know that. It mm-hmm. doesn't always show up, but 
that's there. So we're having fun just just dealing with the daily news, dealing with uh, the, the kind of new antagonism toward religion that's coming from either out of science or you know it's, or as a reaction to a militant Islam, you know, mm-hmm. where everybody gets painted with the same brush and isn't religion stupid. And so we're really diving into some of these things and say, how does a Christian live in a culture that is very rapidly moving past Christianity? We've talked to Sky and bring to mind. He's a smart yeah. guy. He's, he's smarter he's, than I am, yeah. but I'm funnier. <laughs> You're the funny guy. I kind of was working that out, although I didn't have him as Pat Robertson. <laughs> no, no, he's not Pat Robertson. We're both in the middle. I think it's the combination of the two of us that that is kind of the Christian-y John Stewart. So... Uh, and I play my ukulele in every show. I saw that that's here. That's an important. I, yeah, that's my. Yeah, hey, who said you could? I touch know. My Before ukulele? you came in, I was starting to strum it, and then I said to Josh, "I said, don't you love when people pick up your instrument, and you're not supposed to touch that?" No, this is like this is like an eighty-nine dollar ukulele. It's insured because uh-huh. it's so valuable. So at the end of every show, I, I attempt to summarize what we've talked about with a song. Which sometimes goes well and sometimes goes horribly. You just make it up horribly. at the end of your podcast. That's the idea, yeah. Can you make up one for the end of our time together today? Sure. What do you think our theme was? Because we talked about a lot of different oh. things. Yeah, so pick one. What's the name of this podcast? Bring to Mind. Bring to Mind. Oh, I hope we brought to mind some interesting stories. It's all we could find. And I think it was good. I think it was sweet. I'll try to make a song that's kind of sweet and still kind of funny. My nose isn't runny because I got over my cold a couple days ago. See, that's where things usually go off track and they just go completely. So go to whatsinthebible.com because I can promote myself. I think it's biblical. So basically, the song is a commercial. <laughs> now, okay. it, now it is. Now it is. That's the and best you could do, huh? Come back next week. <laughs> yeah, you never know what's going to happen. It's, it's like it's like Bilbo Baggins said: you never know what will happen when you set foot out your front door. And it's the same thing with making up songs. You just start singing. You never know where you're going to go. That seems like your life. You never know what's going to be next. No, that is true. That is true. Because I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing next, you know, because what's in the Bible is a 13-part series, and I'm writing number 13 mm. right now. So it's like, okay, puppets, animation, what, you know, the Bible. Well, we started talking today about a roller coaster. Where where are yeah. you on the roller coaster? Or are you not getting on it, hopefully, anymore? Are you? Well, what is the roller coaster? Can you please define yeah, your metaphor? Life, or is the, it... If the roller coaster is life, then I'm definitely on it. Because <laughs> there's only one way to get well, off. Well, ride, your ride has definitely it's been not, one, but hasn't yeah. ev- everybody's. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if it isn't one thing, it's another. You know, if you don't lose a company, you can lose a friend, you can lose a child, you can lose your health. You know, it's loss. Loss is a part of life. And the the issue is, how do you fit it into your theology? You know, does your view of God get shaped by your loss, or does your view of your loss get shaped by God? And that's, that's what makes us. Hallelujah, look what God can do. Hallelujah, His promises come true. 
That's Phil Vischer, creator of VeggieTales, and most recently of Jellyfish Labs and What's in the Bible curriculum. Check it out on our website at bringtomind.org. And follow our continuing engagement on today's topics on Twitter, at BTM Podcast, and on Facebook at Bring to Mind. Next week, Father Robert Barron takes us to the Gothic cathedrals of Europe to explore some lessons in faith. Is the messaging of medieval architecture spiritually relevant for a postmodern world? Join us at bringtomind.org. Doesn't you mind anything? So come on, let me hear you sing. Hallelujah, look what I've It's easy to pop up.